Thank you for joining us for our 21 days of prayer. It's our hope that during this month, you will encounter God in a fresh way. We're asking God together to open our eyes, to light our path, and to lead the way. Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's my prayer that this podcast will encourage you to spend all day today in an attitude of prayer as you continue on this 21-day journey with us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. They will be filled. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of heaven. Asking he will Asking he will This is the kingdom This is the kingdom This is the kingdom of heaven Blessed are the merciful For they will be shown Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Rise of righteousness For theirs is the kingdom Theirs is the kingdom Theirs is the kingdom of heaven They will be filled They will be filled This is the kingdom This is the kingdom This is the kingdom of heaven, asking he will, asking he will. This is the kingdom, this is the kingdom, this is the kingdom of heaven.
Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. All will be added. All will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. All will be. Sing it one more time. Oh, seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom and all will be started here this morning, we want to be people who seek you and seek your kingdom first above all other things. So we just pray once again that you'd meet us here and help us to recognize that uh, everything we know to be true about you in this world is because you have given it to us, because your grace is like that. And so I pray that you would open up our eyes to be more aware of who you are and less aware of who we think maybe we want you to be. Lord, just continue to speak to us about the significance of all that you have done for us and what your kingdom really means for us.
love that washed me clean love that washed me clean love that washed me clean what a blessed mystery his punishment my peace his punishment my peace his punishment my peace may I never boast in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ may I not forget the blood he shed it is by his death I am alive May I never boast In anything Except the cross Of Jesus Christ May I not forget The blood he shed It is by his Because of Christ, I am alive. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Death has lost its grip on me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus rose in victory He's alive, alive in me Hallelujah, hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Death has lost its grip on me Hallelujah, hallelujah Jesus rose in victory alive, alive in me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Death has lost its grip on me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus rose in victory. He's alive. that our entire existence depends on you. 
and that your grace is so amazing, so strong, so huge, that you would allow us to be here, allow us to live even if we were your enemies still. And yet, you have reached out to us and you have exposed your love to us and you have drawn us to yourself. And we can't thank you enough for revealing yourself to us. And so, Lord Jesus, we have put our faith in you. We believe you. We reached, we reached out to you for some of us many years ago, for some of us not as long ago. But it's because you reached out to us first. Still, Jesus, we recognize that uh, we fall far too short. Our faith in you is far too fickle. And we are so prone to the attractions of this world. So we pray today that you would open up our eyes once again to see the, the pieces and the parts of us that need to be still cleansed. For you to remove those sinful parts of us that still linger along. Just meet us this morning, we pray, Jesus. And we ask it in your name. Well, this morning, um, you've got me for a third day in a row, but tomorrow you'll see new faces. So <laughs> that's, I think that's a, that's a good thing. But I, I want to share with you this morning something that came to my mind yesterday during our time of prayer here. Um, as I was reading through a passage of scripture that I had seen many, many times before, I had seen it yesterday in kind of a new light. And so I wanted to share with you just one insight that I got from that passage yesterday that I thought was um, worth mentioning today, because it's something that I had never really thought of before, but it's something where we need God to open up our eyes. The passage is in Matthew 16. I'm going to read the majority of the story. It begins in verse 1. It says, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
Uh, this was a passage that I taught on when we went through Matthew. Uh, back, I, I looked it up. It was May 30th of 2021. And uh, during that day, I, I taught on this passage because I was really fascinated with our time in Matthew, how Jesus had been giving to the disciples the responsibility to do the miracles that Jesus was doing. So when Jesus fed the 5,000, he gave the food small in small portions to the disciples, and the miracle happened while it was in the disciples' hands. Uh, same thing with the 4,000. And when Jesus fed the 4,000, he gave the food to the disciples in small fashion, and they took it, and they passed it around. And, and so, in a sense, that was a symbol of the disciples actually doing the work that Jesus had called them to do. He had just kind of passed on the miracle through them. And I made the point last May about how Jesus was worried that the teaching, the wrong teaching, might infect the thing the disciples were doing. And that as the disciples were passing things out to other people, as they were replicating what Jesus had done in their lives, that some of the false teaching might have infiltrated. And I mentioned a couple things back then about the Pharisees and the things that the Pharisees actually believed and actually taught. And there were three things that I mentioned. The first one was that the Pharisees believed and taught a thing that I would call Jewish religious nationalism. It was an idea that the nation of Israel should be a Jewish, not just cultural, but a Jewish religious nation. And that it was the religious establishment that should govern the entire nation, combined with a political establishment as well, exactly in the same vein as what Moses had set up with the priests and what David represented as the king. And so the Pharisees were teaching that the goal was to have a Messiah king show up and, and inaugurate this, inaugurate this kingdom of religious Jewish nationalism, that they would be in charge of the whole thing. And the second thing was that the Pharisees promoted something that I called mosaic legalism. This was a focus on the law of Moses because they believed that you had to prove to God that you were following his will before he would see fit to send his Messiah. That you had to prove to God that you were doing the right things, and then once the nation of Israel had fully repented from all of their sins and had fully embraced the law of Moses, then the Messiah would come. And so there was this idea of Jewish nationalism. There was this idea of a religious legalism where, you know, we're just going to be perfect and then the Messiah will come, which will inaugurate the Jewish nationalism they believed in. And then as a result of that, the Pharisees also taught and believed and lived out a kind of authoritarianism because they were in league with the high priest. And when things were going bad, namely when Jesus was a threat to their establishment, they leveraged the authority in the high priest to kill Jesus. And so I called that a kind of authoritarianism. It's the idea that God is in charge, and he put other people in charge, and so those people are supposed to be in charge. And it's just, you know, one hierarchical thing all the way down. But there are two things I missed back in May. The first thing I missed is that I never mentioned that the Pharisees also believed in the resurrection. They believed in an afterlife. They believed that one of these days, God would raise to life 
the people who had passed on who were good, and he was going to give them some type of afterlife. We don't have a lot of knowledge about the Philistines' details of their afterlife, what they thought heaven or hell might be, but we know that they believed in an afterlife. And the reason I hadn't thought of that back in May when I taught on this passage before was uh, that I hadn't paid attention to a second thing that's in this story. And Jesus wasn't only talking about the Pharisees. The insight I had yesterday is that Jesus was mentioning the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And what's most fascinating about that is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees believed different things. In many respects, believed entirely opposite things. In fact, the Pharisees, I just said, they believed in an afterlife. And they used that afterlife idea as an excuse for behaviors on this earth. For example, if the afterlife is real, then I need to be good even if that results in me getting persecuted by the Romans or whatever, because then I can still have an afterlife afterwards. I need to follow the law of Moses even if it results in my death because there's an afterlife. But it also has negative consequences. If there's an afterlife for this other person, then it doesn't matter how I treat that other person now because God can sort it all out in the end. And so I can be mean to Jesus, like the high priest could say, I can kill Jesus because that's the best thing I know now and God can sort it all out later on. So it, it kind of allowed the Pharisees to have this perspective that what really matters is God's judgment later, not necessarily now. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They believed that this was all we had, that you live here on earth, then you die and you're done. And that infected what they taught and believed about other things too. In particular, the Sadducees lived in an arrangement with the Roman government where they basically just said, okay, Rome, we will do whatever you tell us to do. We will follow you. We will go ahead and capitulate entirely to the Roman establishment because what matters is, most, is what's most strategic for now. If we get blessing from God by obeying God's word, and if we get blessing from Rome by obeying Rome's laws, then we've got double blessing. And so the Sadducees were, yeah, they were legalistic about God's word and God's law, but they did it for the sake of the blessing they were going to get here and now, and the same thing for their relationship with the Romans. And this is what fascinated me yesterday, and it's what I think is important for us today. Jesus says to his disciples to watch out for the yeast, singular, of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. There's one thing that Jesus says is the infecting agent of both of these. And then the disciples who are sitting there in the boat listening to Jesus talk and getting the idea wrong about what Jesus is talking about, they finally conclude, Matthew, the one who wrote that down, who's in the boat with them, he finally concludes that Jesus' true point was that they should avoid the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which, as I said, is weird because they taught different things. And the only thing I can make sense out of it, and from this point on, this is not me totally understanding the passage because I'm not exactly sure I totally understand the passage. I'm just sharing with you today kind of what God has put on my heart for today with relationship to this. And I'm going to be thinking about it more, contemplating it more. But I think maybe what Jesus is doing is that he recognizes 
there is a similarity in the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that is similar to what you and I deal with all the time. I think what Jesus is saying is that his followers for all eternity future, not just right then, will be tempted by one of two extremes in their faith. On one extreme, they will be tempted towards the religious extreme. We've got to get all of the religious things right so that then God will bring blessing. And on the other hand, we will be tempted to the earthly extreme. We've got to do the earthly things right so that we can experience blessing here on earth. It's the extreme of getting everything perfect in God's eyes or getting things perfect in our eyes here on earth. It's the extreme of employing human agency, human power, human strength, or relying and trusting on God's strength and never doing anything ourselves. I think Jesus was concerned of these two extremes. And so he says to his followers, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, which means watch out for the things that pull you away from me. Watch out for the things that pull you away from what I'm teaching you. And I think that's something that fits in the broader picture of this story. You see, the story began with the Pharisees and the Sadducees asking Jesus a question to kind of trick him. And Jesus' response is, Listen, every single day you know the signs of the sky, but you don't know the sign of me standing right in front of you. The only sign you're going to get is the sign from Jonah, a prophet who actually was a racist and opposed to God's grace shining down on people who were not his countrymen. But Jesus says, I'm surprised you can't see what's right in front of you. And then the disciples, they're in the boat and they think Jesus is talking about bread And he's like, what in the world? Don't you understand? I have infinite bread at my disposal at any point in time. I'm never worried about not having bread. Jesus is like, I'm never worried about not having bread. Why would you bring that up? Can't you see? Haven't you seen? In other words, the metaphor of people opening their eyes is strong in this. And so today I want to ask you to join me in prayer that God would open our eyes, not just to his presence, And not just the ways he wants to work reconciliation in the world. Those are our last two days' topics. But I want to ask you that you would join me in prayer that God, that we would say, God, open our eyes to the things that I've allowed in me. Open our eyes to the things I have allowed to infest my own soul. The yeast of the worldly doctrines, the yeast of the hyper-religious doctrines, the yeast of all the things that would pull me away from who Jesus actually is and how Jesus actually lived. Let's ask for God to open up our eyes to ourselves, the things going on in us that still need to be cleansed and taken away. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to spend some time in silent, private prayer, however you want to do it. And just like uh, yesterday, I want to give you a recommendation for how to go about it. Step number one, you pray and ask God, open my eyes to what you have for me today. And then, immediately you start thinking through your previous day. Where was God moving in my yesterday? Make some notes. Write some things down. What was God doing in my life yesterday that I didn't see yesterday, but today, by reflection, he enables me to see? Where was God moving in my yesterday? And then, God, how are you moving today? 
And in the present moment, you spend that time reading Scripture, praying, and listening to just the quiet whispers of God in our hearts. God, what are you up to today? And then, from that point on, just ask God for strength to do it and get yourself ready to go and do it. What we do here is at the end of our time of prayer, around 7.45, uh, so we have about 15 minutes of like the quiet prayer, um, probably 20 minutes today. At about 7.50, we will uh, gather back together and we will share with each other kind of what God is saying into our hearts and what God is saying into our lives, what we're hearing him, what we're seeing in the word. And then we'll go on with the rest of our day. But let's start by asking God to open up our eyes. Let me pray for us. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes to the things in us that we have allowed to linger there. I pray that you would help us to be people who see through the fog of the temptations that are still present in our world around us. Help us to see through the temptations towards earthly power, or just thinking that everything is up to you and it's not anything we have to be a part of at all. Help us to find a way to be that synergy of heaven on earth. Help us to follow Jesus. And so, Father, would you open our eyes and speak into our hearts today exactly the things that we need to know, that we need to see. Thanks for giving us this time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Lafayette Community Church. We are all about helping you live the life you were made to live. God made you. God loves you. And his plans for you are perfect. So if you are anywhere near Lafayette, Indiana, join us this weekend at one of our worship gatherings. And wherever you are, check us out online at lafayettecommunitychurch.com.